Welcome to the Percussion Studio Podcast. We will be visiting with various percussion performers, educators, manufacturers, and publishers. Stay tuned to K. Wiley Publications for future podcast interviews and more information. Now, welcome our host, Kenan Wiley, and this edition of the Percussion Studio Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to another episode of the Percussion Studio Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to kind of make mention that you can, once again, you can follow us on um, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you want to know more about our past or present or future podcast, you can kind of check us out there. Also, if you have any information that you'd like to check out concerning K. Wiley Publications, you can also do the same at those locations. And if you want to drop us a message to say hello, you know, we like what you're doing or we want to see different stuff or whatever, please, uh, you know, send us a message and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. All right. This is going to be episode number three of our podcast series. And uh, we're going to welcome in our first guest here. She is um, a solo and chamber percussion artist specializing in contemporary and classical percussion literature. And currently she is the assistant professor of percussion and area coordinator coordinator at the University of North Florida. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Andrea Vanay, everybody. Hi. Hey, how's it going? It's good. How about you? Oh, Thanks doing, for having me. Hey, it's glad to, that, glad you could make it. I know you're pretty busy this summer, and every <laughs> every time we see each other, it's like a wave, and we're going. You're going one way, and I'm going another. Yep. <laughs> so, so this may be the most time we actually get to sit down and visit than we have in probably darn near five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. So, yeah. Um, first of all, l- tell everybody what you you know kind of where you are because I I don't know how many people know where North Florida University is. You want to give us a little descripto? Sure. Um, so the UNF, University of North Florida, um, is in Jacksonville, which is in the very top north and east corner of Florida. So it's like not quite Florida, but not quite the south. It's like where both of those two things meet. And I believe Jacksonville is actually, it's either the first or the third like largest landmass city in the country, which I totally didn't know when we you know, moved here. Um, so so yeah, so it's actually kind of a big city. You got the beaches and you got the downtown. Um, and so UNF is a small um, uh, uni- state university in Jacksonville. So. And how long have you been there? I just finished my third year. Wow, very cool. Three years and going. <laughs> That's awesome. So I also was going to ask you, where have you, what have you been doing? I know I've, I've kind of kept up with you through your Facebook and you kind of message everybody, but you have been, you, um, you've been traveling a little bit. And actually in our communication before we did this, you said you're doing some travel in the summer. What, what's kind of some of the most recent stuff you've done here, like in the, maybe the last six, nine months and what you're going to do coming up? Sure. Um, yeah, it's been it's been cool. I'm fortunate. I've been um, keeping busy doing music things, so that's really great. Um, I guess most recently, I just got back from Mallet Lab, um, which is a a week long Mallet intensive um, with students from all over the world. Um, there's about 53 students there, I think, um, and really amazing faculty. So that was happening in West Palm Beach um, this week. And I just got back and. Um, in May, I traveled a bunch. I went and did um, some stuff and studied with Valerie Naranjo in New York City, um, who she's a geo specialist and virtuoso and also plays for SNL. 
and for the Lion King. So um, I met her when she came to UNF a couple years ago. Um, so I did some lessons with her. And uh, I guess upcoming, we um, the UNF Wind Ensemble is going to Spain for the WASI World Association of Bands and Ensembles like um, Festival um, in Buñol, Spain. So I'm going with the band and my duo Escape 10. We're playing a concerto with the band at this festival. And then Escape 10 is also going to play at the Agora Actual. Um, it's a contemporary percussion festival um, in that area near Valencia in Spain. Um, and so we just did a big premiere of a Throne Foundation um, commission by Eric Ginevan called Illuminations, the three movement marimba duo. Um, so we, we premiered that here in Jacksonville. Um, and so we're going to also present and, and perform that at this uh, percussion festival in Spain. So, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot going on. So, and I'm going to Canada in August, so uh, that'll be fun. Very from, like, cool. Is that, a person, is, that, is that a vacation or a, still a work vacation? Oh, no. Vacation? It's, a, it's a prairie prairie music residency is like a brass and percussion camp oh, very sort of cool. week-long thing so yeah it'll be cool to go up there and check it out so for, for those that don't know um can you tell us a little bit about your duo group it's you 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 did reference it a couple of times escape 10 and kind of uh how long you guys have when you met and how long you've been playing and you know sure. so forth <clears throat> um well escape 10 um, is a duo I have with Dr. Annie Stevens, who is, teaches percussion. She's the director at Virginia Tech. And Annie and I actually met in grad school at Rutgers University. We were both studying with GE, like um, 2005, 2006. And we met there and became friends. And then we sort of parted ways when we graduated for a few years, like students do. And, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. It's kind of funny. We, I had, by that time, several years later, got married and moved to Virginia with my husband and Annie was finishing up school at Eastman and got a job like 10 minutes down the street from me in Virginia in like the Newport News area and so she kind of yeah like ended up right where we were and that was in 2011 or 2012 and we started our duo um, in 2012 and the name comes from uh, the car that we drove in so we decided to um, take a road trip from coast to coast from the East coast in Virginia, all the way to LA and back uh, to kind of like kick off the duo. I guess we, we got this crazy idea to start a duo and we're like, well, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to book a bunch of concerts and just do this tour and see how it goes. Um, and so we were on the road for three weeks and our name is escape 10 because we were driving in a Ford escape and we drove on the I 10 mostly from coast to coast and back. So that's where the name comes from. People usually ask about that. So we loaded up Annie's escape with like, you know, a marimba and a vibraphone and a toy piano and luggage and, you know, food. And I mean, it was, it was packed to the max, a bunch of cowbells. Yeah. Um, so we've been, we've been a uh, long distance. We were in the same state for one year. And then I went to school at Eastman after about a year. And then she was still in Virginia. So we maintain our duo and keep pretty busy and do regular gigs throughout the year. Um, but we're long distance. So, um, yeah, we make it work and we, you know, played in Trinidad and we're going to go to Spain and we keep pretty busy throughout the country and commission a bunch of new works and like to work with composers and, um, yeah, just commission new music that is, you know, sort of specific to, our musical style and our, you know, the instruments we like to play with. And we really like to collaborate with yeah. um, 
composers. So yeah, it's a very niche, uh, um, uh, specific thing, which is really cool. So you guys kind of mm-hmm. kind of uh, use that to your advantage, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. and get people to to specifically write for you guys, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you or, or have you talk about is um, I, I kind of we do know each other. We 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 have, believe it or not, we have worked together a while back, way back. <laughs> and so one of the things I wanted you to share with everybody, because we we have all kinds of listeners. We have students. We have teachers. I mean, there's all kinds of people listening to this. I mean, you just never know. But I do know <laughs> that there's probably even high school kids listening to this and college kids. And what I find real interesting about about uh, kind of following you and knowing you is is the places that you have gone and the people that you have studied with is kind of a who's who in percussion. <laughs> and so I, I wanted you to, if you don't mind, this may take a little bit, but I wanted you to start from, you can start back from high school if you want or middle school, whatever. And, and I want you to kind of talk about the people that came into your lives and then you chose to go places. And I want to kind of know what led you to make those decisions to go study with those particular people at that time, if that makes sense. Okay. Wow. Okay. we got to think back. I know, you know the is, older you yeah. get, you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with high school. I was um, really, really lucky to have really amazing teachers in high school who really inspired me and kind of took me under their wing and were, um, mentors like I kind of got thrown I played violin first and then I got like looped into marching band because I could play piano so they wanted somebody to play the xylophone um and then my sophomore year I moved up to the phoenix area um and was in like a, a larger competitive marching band that had a pretty good you know um program a good drum line and percussion program um and so my teachers there were Liz Byersdorfer and Steve Ridley um, Steve Ridley is a composer based in the LA area and he's still, he's actually been busy doing stuff with Arcadia Symposium, if yes. um, any of you follow that, but, um, so he was like composing and writing our music and Liz, um, was a really great marimba player, is a great marimba player and they both had studied at the Stevens Seminar and were hardcore marimba geeks, um, and, you know, were, and at that time, like the Lee Howard Stevens marimba seminar was, you know, not brand new, but I mean, certainly, um, it's been going for a while now. So they were totally, you know, passionate about that. And when I was in the front ensemble, you know, they kind of, I think, saw, um, the spark of interest that I had and they were really great teachers and, you know, um, you know, worked with me a lot and kind of made me love playing rainbow and playing percussion. Um, and so I really think like it's because of them that my trajectory went towards music and you know they kind of really fostered an interest that I had um so then I went to Arizona State with J.B. Smith which was um I was from Arizona so I I lived at home and went to my undergrad um and you know that was a a big program and J.B.'s really great he he gave me um he he's the reason why I learned like a lot of reps so he was really great at exposing me to a lot of um especially marimba pieces and stuff and he had a really a wide and diverse taste in music, and um, I really value that because I, I was ex- exposed to a lot of different things, especially on marimba when I was there, um, and uh, so that was really cool. And then from there, I went to Rutgers University with Shee, and um, I was interested in going to Rutgers because obviously Shee is an amazing uh, player, amazing musician, and um, you know also. I think, you know, the, it's funny, I guess a lot of my teachers have a North Texas connection, too, because JB went to North Texas, and so did she. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I guess that wasn't, like, 
directly on my radar at the time, but I was like, I really like marimba and she is awesome. So, <laughs> you know, and she was, you know, uh, sort of in that lineage of the Stevens method of movement, sort of, you know, marimba, uh, following. So, um, I was lucky enough to get into that program and I went there and studied with her and it was really awesome. She kicked my butt. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I met Annie Stevens there and, you know, other great friends. Um, and then actually while I was there, I got to study with Bob Becker who taught for her because she was on a sabbatical replacement for that first semester. So that was a lovely surprise. And we did a lot of, um, snare drumming and improv. Um, and he was working on his rudimental arithmetic book at that time. So that definitely impacted and enhanced like my snare drumming. And then Alan Abel and Chris Devaney were also teaching, um, they were in the Philly area, but they were teaching adjuncts at Rutgers. And so just being around them and, you know, people who were really, really hardcore into the orchestral thing, um, you know, was really amazing. So I got exposed to two, you know, or, well, lots of different things when I was at Rutgers. That was um, really hip. Yeah. And then I took some time off, and then that's where I met you, Kenan. I <laughs> landed, ended up in the, the Dallas area, and I, I really, it was like, I was going to continue with my doctorate write it from my master's and kind of last minute I just realized that that wasn't the right decision for me at that point and I you know I wanted to be really refreshed and um you know do it because I was really ready to do it instead of you know uh not knowing what else to do and also my my best friend got a job in Texas and my roommates moved to Texas so kind of on a whim I decided to um you know move back to or move to Texas with my friends and then you know I think she e knew you because she's gone out to Marcus a bunch of times. Um, and so that was really wonderful. I'm really thankful for that connection. So I ended up at Marcus High School teaching with the famous and the wonderful and the successful <laughs> and the omnipotent Ken and Wiley. Oh, whatever, whatever. Go, oh, go man, to, it was go, awesome. Go to the next phase. <laughs> next. So I was there for three years. And um, then life happened, and I got married, and my uh, husband had a job in Virginia, so I moved to Virginia for a couple of years um, and started my own studio and utilized all the skills that I learned from watching you do your thing, which is totally true. Um, and then at that point, um, I decided I wanted to get my doctorate. I'd always wanted to get my doctorate. Um, you know, it was just a matter of kind of when was the right time. And uh, so, yeah, I really wanted to go to Eastman and study with Michael Burrett. Um, I always saw his students in this program and looked up to it and, you know, really uh, wanted to run my program someday like that. And also, um, you know, it was just a, it's a great school and, and, you know, I, I wanted to do that. So, so eventually, yeah, I went back to school and I was old and married and stuff. And um, while I was there, Lee Stevens also taught uh, for a semester while um, Mike Burt was on sabbatical, so I got to study with Lee for a semester too, um, which is funny. I never actually went to a Stevens seminar, but I just studied with a bunch of people who <laughs> who did that. So <laughs> the first Stevens seminar I ever went to was actually when I performed at one with Escape 10, which is kind of funny. Um, but I'm trying to think if I forgot anybody. Um, I got to study with Bill Kahn too, who um, was a member of Nexus, and he was um, – he just um, retired from Eastmo, but he was teaching there too, so that was really wonderful. And Chip Ross, who's the timpanist in the um, the RPO, uh, we got to take lessons with him too. So you know, I just I've been really lucky to have really wonderful teachers who I just you know I was 100 percent 
bought into what they had to offer. And I think that's really meaningful, you know, when you're really excited about who you're studying with. Um, so, yeah, it kind of, it kind of shapes, you know, your, your teaching and your playing, who who you, Mm -hmm. who do you study with? And the people that you mentioned, that's, those are, (laughs) everybody you mentioned is just amazing in their own, in their own, in their own (laughs) self. And so just to be around, that and to study with with those people I just and I think that explains kind of where you are at this point because it's not an accident I mean like this happened for a reason (laughs) because of of what's been kind of brewing inside this whole time and and I think you know when I go back and I think about you know just your your lineage of kind of where you went it it all makes sense it's like wow she studied with all these people and now that doesn't guarantee success i i understand that i don't want anybody yeah. to believe that if they go study with somebody they're going to be <laughs> awesome but 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 you do want to get some information from some some great musicians and everybody you mention are just awesome teachers and musicians <laughs> and for for you to be around them for a length of time and then to kind of put it all all together like that it's it's uh it's pretty amazing and, and if you know, if anybody knows Andrea, you know that she's very passionate about what she does, which is kind of <laughs> cool. You know, you have your own little vibe and your own, your own flavor of doing things. And, uh, I think that, you know, I, I don't mean this in a, in a weird way, but I think you're kind of the, the hot stuff up and coming. I mean, you're like the, you're kind of a big name right now. Like you're, <laughs> yeah, I would say in about 10 no. years, you'll, you're going to land up somewhere really, really, you know, really in charge somewhere. And, and I, I, I think that, uh, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing somebody's going to be in the, uh, in the field for, for many years to come. And I think you're going to influence a lot of kids that go to school there or wherever you're teaching. I think there's going to be, I mean, I even have a student now that's studying with you and she went all the way yeah. to study with you because she, she has so much, uh, uh, admiration for, for you as a musician and a teacher. And I think that's, that's going to be what more p- people are going to be doing. They're going to, they're going to see what's going on. And, and I think it's it's pretty cool. That's why I wanted to have you on here. I was like, man, I want to get her before she's too famous. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you, Ken. And it means a lot for you to say that because I respect you. I mean, you're a huge reason, like, you know, you impacted my teaching a ton because seeing just, like, getting percussions to do their thing from, like, ground zero through high school, you know, that was really um, educational for me, you yeah. know, going off to school and teaching methods classes and stuff. I mean, it was really you know, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. That, that definitely helps. Um, now what would you, what would you, I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure you get students that come in and you know, or you've seen some high school people that are wanting or thinking about doing music and you know, what, what, what do, what kind of questions do they ask and what do you tell them? I mean, do they feel like they need to be able to play amount of snare drum and they, they can't play any mallets so they don't want to come to school because they don't think they can make it or you know what what would you tell them like hey you know what would you have them prepare before they actually get into college while they're in high school well I think if, if they want to do a music degree and get um, a percussion degree be a percussion major um, they definitely have to be able to play everything you know that, now it's you know doesn't need to be the most advanced hardest stuff on every instrument but definitely when I talk to students you know I, I ask kind of see where they're at and you know it's like they need to have something on every instrument that is just best showcases their abilities and if it's something where it's a student who's close by um, you know who's like close enough to come take a lesson I definitely encourage them to like you know I'll give them some suggestions of reps 
of varying difficulties depending on where they feel they're at. Um, and then, you know, I'll offer to like for them to come take a lesson and give them some tips, you know, because I, I understand sometimes, especially if you're not taking private lessons in high school, which I never took private lessons in high school, like my, you know, my marching band teachers basically, you know, took time out of their schedules to like give me solo stuff and listen to me play. Um, and so I, I know some kids have that experience and some don't, um, but I encourage them to not be afraid to just dive into what they're uncomfortable with and you know you got to start somewhere because definitely if you get to college and you're getting a profession degree no matter what your favorite thing is to do you have to have a well-rounded foundation on everything because everything about percussion and all the facets facets need to be synthesized and will you know enhance your musicianship and your understanding down the road um you know i mean and i guess there's places where you can go and specialize in specific things but in the kind of program that I'm running and, you know, um, in a university setting, I think it's important, you know, it's like pick the thing that you're the worst at and just practice that because then that is very likely to become one of your favorite things to do. And I feel like I had that experience with snare drum. I felt really insecure about that. Um, you know, and then, I mean, until I was older and I just was around people who were doing it and who were able to answer my questions and I could be vulnerable. And then it was kind of, you know, it became something that I really enjoyed. Um, you just have to kind of go for it. So, you know, I, and I also look for students that you know, they've got, you know, they've got potential there. You know, sometimes, you know, they might not have a lot of experience in something, but you can tell in an audition, you know, if they're going to be really receptive when you're working with them and, you know, the, the skills are there and they could, you know, get better with hard work. So no, they may just be a late bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I, w- I want to switch gears uh, real quick. Um, I want to talk about you do you have done some writing and you've ha- you've got some publications out with uh, yeah. some different companies. You want to fill us in on what you got with who? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like it's growing. I'm sitting on a lot of stuff right now that I think I'm going to self-publish that isn't like online yet. But currently, I have a few tunes through Tap Space. I have a Kibo, which is Actually, the first thing I ever wrote, and I wrote it with Bob Becker, the snare drum solo, and um, that's version one with Bob, because we were working on his uh, rudimental arithmetic book. So then I, like 10 years later, I added a bunch of stuff and added a quartet accompaniment. Um, and so that's two tap space, and then Faded Lines as a snare drum duo with tap space as well. And then I just published Omnis Trio, which is a drum trio for one bass drum and bongos and opera gongs. Um, through tap space and then I've got several arrangements through um, KPP which is Naltech um, MPI uh, like rotation smooth rotation for large ensemble and then some duos my favorite things duo that Annie and I play um, and a solo box suite like the fifth cello suite um, an amalgamation of that fifth suite with the G minor lute version of that suite um, I did an arrangement of both of those things together. And I have some videos out of that. So that's through KPP um, as well. And uh, there's one arrangement of the double concerto by Emmanuel Sejournet from Rimbaud Vibraphone. I arranged that for percussion ensemble and that's published through Alphonse, which is a French company that Sejournet publishes a lot of his stuff with. Um, what, no, wait a second. That, the French publisher, can you, uh, can you spell that? <laughs> yeah, it's A-L-F-O-N-S-E. Okay. Alphonse Publication. Okay. 
And that's something we can yeah. we can we can Google that and it'll show up somewhere. Yeah, and I think those his stuff through them pops up on Steve Weiss too. Okay. Actually, because I saw my piece in the Steve Weiss booth, I was fishing through at Pasic, you know, like the bucket, and I was like, "Hey, look, <laughs> this is my arrangement." <laughs> um, and I have I have like a bunch of new tunes that I wrote in the last year, um, a marimba solo and a, a vibraphone with quartet piece, um, and some chorales that I think I'm going to self-publish off of my website. So that's just kind of in process right now. Um, so keep up with me on social media and you'll see when they, <laughs> when they come out. <laughs> so you're going to do some self-publishing, huh? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's hard when you're a professor and you're, you know, in academia, it's, it's, it's really helpful to publish through companies. And I really, you know, I love the companies that I've worked with, you know, Taskface and KPP. They're, they're really great. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of, I, I'm kind of I'm curious to see how it goes. I might even like make my own artwork with the cover art and stuff. Oh, very so. cool. Hey, so I want to, yeah. I want to tell everybody a, a small story. It's, it's, it's only funny to me and you, but maybe somebody else will <laughs> find it's funny. So <laughs> when <laughs> I don't remember exactly all the details, I just remember this, this, iconic view when when andrea came down uh, what year was that you came down texas 2000 and what 2007 i think okay 2007 so she goes you've got to get this you've got to get this girl she'll be a great with your kids and stuff and i said great great so i got your number and we called and i said just come to the school whatever so you, you pull up or something and you came inside and we visited and then I wa- walked outside to where your car was and I have n- <laughs> no idea what the heck you were driving. Do you want to describe what you were driving? <laughs> I love that truck. Oh man. And I remember you saying, Benet, you need to get your dad to buy you a car. <laughs> I was like, I would, if I had more money, I would have got you some. I was like, I was afraid that you were going to get injured in that automobile going back and forth to work. I kept uh, I kept telling Josh Jennings, we have to save up and we have to get her a car. This is not going to happen, you know. I don't want her to get hurt I'm, while she's teaching at oh, Marcus High School. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I remember she, I gave her a ride like one time and she's like, you know, at some point you are going to need to buy a new car. And I was like, no, this is fine. My truck's fine. So the, the car I was driving That's was right. It was a, a truck. 19- it was a truck. Yeah. Yeah. 1989 Ford Ranger with a fade paint job. So it, it was silver on the hood. And then the cab had a tri fade from light silver to dark silver striped across the cab. And then the back of it was a burgundy. So like one of a kind paint job. And, uh, we bought it from the original owners. So the guys who had had it, had had it, they were the only owners of the truck and it only had 57,000 miles on it when we bought it in 2001, when I graduated high school. So this truck had no power steering and no air conditioning. Did it and have, so I drove it. Did it have airbags at least? No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, man, this is not Quite a serious. safe automobile at all. I do remember I now. That, I drove it for 10 years. With no air. So I went to Arizona State for four years, right? And I drove, I commuted <laughs> from home. So I drove that truck in with no air conditioning in Arizona for four years. And then we took it all the way to New Jersey and I drove it in New Jersey. And then I took it to Texas. Um, and I finally got rid of it when we got married and my husband made me get rid of it. And I miss that truck. I miss that truck every day, actually. It had so much personality. It got me where I needed to go. It had a lot so of personality, it, that's for sure. It doesn't have personality. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I'll never forget that. That when I think of Andrea Vinay, that's what I think of. I think of that Ford Aww. Ranger. And you, you drive, I'm like, oh, gosh, we got to get her something. This is not good. Cool. I, when I tried to sell it when I moved, none of the kids wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not taking that death trap. No way. I don't want yeah. it at all. All right, oh. so we're going to start this. This is something I'm starting on my podcast. You are going to be the first person to do it. We call this new section the offbeat wacky question section. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Oh, no. Oh, no. Second. I got to get a little uh, badoom on that. Hold oh, those my crickets. There we go. Ready? So, um, number one, what is the name of the most recent movie you have watched? Um, it's a movie with Adam Sandler and uh, uh, what's your name from Friends? It was on Netflix. It's about it's like a murder mystery movie. Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. Sounds good. Did you like it? Uh, I don't know. We, yeah, it was funny. It's funny. funny. Okay, we don't know the name, but we'll I'm give sorry. Adam Sandler credit. All right, number two of the wacky offbeat section question: What is the last concert you attended? Not played, but attended. I was at a concert um, this week at the Voltaire, which is like a speakeasy club in West Palm Beach, and it was part of the Mount Lab thing. So I saw Stefan Harris and Nick Worth, aka Galaxy, play, um, and Drew Tucker and his band, and um uh yeah oh, it was like was a loaded cool yeah it was a loaded lineup and then they all like played together and then um yeah it was a mallet jam i, I hope i'm not i might be forgetting somebody but it was it was a lot of cool mallet players a sweet cool mallet concert in a club very cool awesome. that's an awesome concert okay yeah. number three <laughs> what is your, where is your favorite place to eat favorite place to eat yeah, these are these are what our listeners want to know, Andrea. Mm, my favorite place to eat. Huh. I like food a lot, so I like to eat at a lot of different places. I think. Um, hmm. There's a place, like a fancy place, like a special occasion place, or like. Uh, what would Doctor? Where would Doctor Vinay eat if she wanted to eat really good food? There's a place called Marker 32 that's on the um, marina and in the intercoastal waterway. Uh-huh. That's in Jacksonville. Um, and it's they've got really great seafood and really good drinks. Okay. So that's our, like, yeah, our special place. A yeah. little a yeah. little plug for them. Um, yeah. All right. And then number four, uh, who is your favorite sports team? The Jumbo Shrimp. The Jumbo Shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get another one on that. Wow, that was a good one. That's your favorite sports team. All right, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's our local minor league baseball team, and they recently changed their name, I think, from the Jacksonville Suns to the Jumbo Shrimp, and Scampy is the mascot. And just because the mascot (laughs) is so awesome, I'm immediately a fan. That is awesome. So you get to go to some games. That's very cool. Yeah. That that's very yeah. cool. Well, hey, you know what? You when you hear this music, that means we're getting close to the end of our podcast. So this concludes another episode of the Percussion Studio Podcast. Once again, a huge thanks to our guest, Miss Andrea Vinay. Woo! Hey. Remember to stay tuned for future uh, uh, information on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And until next time, stay safe and keep on drumming.